Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 257. And away we go. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more razor. Rick Flair needs a boy about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everyone. It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann, here today, solo, for the very first time. I'm not going to lie, it feels a little weird. It's weird because of the fact that, well, the regular host, Michael J. Putty, as we all know and love, unfortunately, he cannot be here today. Uh, As much as I would joke around saying, oh, it's amazing to be here without Michael J. Putty, no. No, today is a sad day. Uh, Unfortunately, Michael J. Putty, he lost his father this past week, and that is why he's not here. Uh, If Michael J. Putty, if you are listening, man, you are my thoughts today. Uh, Much love to you and your family, man. Uh, And I dedicate this show to you and your dad. So hopefully I do you proud. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. So I'm going to kick things off. Uh, you know, I usually would like to riff in the beginning of the show, but, you know, again, just me. So I'm going to feel weird talking like a psychopath back and forth to essentially no one. So we're just going to go right into the news here. Uh, so first off, looks like The Miz is going to be out of action for quite a while. At WrestleMania Backlash, The Miz suffered a torn ACL in his match with Damian Priest, the famous zombie lumberjack match. This will be the first major injury for The Miz in his near 20-year career. Could this open a door for a bigger role for John Morrison, possibly? This is something I want to ask here to everyone. John Morrison did a very good job when he left WWE. Very good athlete. The man is 40-something years old. Looks phenomenal. Could still move. Great shape. And <laughs> I I was actually a little pissed off when uh, Monday Night Raw came about and John Morrison was back like nothing happened. Hey, we, we saw a zombie take him down at Backlash. But yeah, he's okay. And I, I was actually saying to myself during that match, watching it, like, watch. The, we all saw the Miz get eaten alive, quote-unquote. Watch, he's going to come back like nothing happened either. Well, uh, I guess for a creative, I, I guess maybe it's a good thing that the Miz is going to be out of action. But, you know, of, of course, you never want to see someone get injured, especially something like this. This is a very serious injury here. And it would suck to see the Miz. Uh, I know it's later in his career. I mean, who knows if he can come back uh, the way he used to be from in, from injury like this. It would be a shame to see him go out, again, in a zombie Handy, a zombie lumberjack match. Think about that. Almost 20 years wrestling. And, and this is how it could go out? Man, I really hope that's not the case. The Miz is too good for that. And now, now they want to push Damian Priest. 
how are you going to push a future star like this? A, a guy who, who has all the tools, mind you. Are you going to put him in a match like this? Against a former World Heavyweight Champion. With all these theatrics. I, I didn't want to talk about it too much about the zombies, but come on, man. Really? Really? And, and then, then they have the nerve. They have the nerve to do a behind-the-scenes look at, at, at the creation of the zombies with, with the WWE extras that they had in there for it. Really? You're going to insult our intelligence like this? At least make it somewhat interesting. If if you're really going to go balls to wall and have zombies on your program, let us believe it. Don't have the Miz and Morrison on for quite some time. Make it a storyline. Make it make it make it last a little bit longer. Hell, I mean, even if you led into it a little bit more, that potentially could be zombies and especially I feel like it just came out of nowhere. If it happened with, say, like The Fiend or The Undertaker or Alexa Bliss even, all right, could have made some sense. But no. No, instead, they're, they're, they're pushing this Batista movie, Army of the Darkness, or Army of the Dead. I don't even know what it's called anymore. Looks interesting. Okay. But how many sponsors has WWE had over the years? Hey, you don't see ridiculous matches like this thrown together. Snickers, they're a big sponsor for WWE. Are, are we going to get Snickers on a pole match? A ladder match? We, we, the winner gets a Snickers? Come on, man. That's ridiculous. But I do hope this leads to a bigger push. As I said earlier before, for John Morrison, uh, the man is too damn good. And uh, I, I could definitely see him possibly getting a mid-level championship run hopefully leading down the road at least to one title shot for world championship. But we shall see with that. Moving on to other news. This is the big news for WWE. Reportedly, Fox officials have been pushing for WWE to return to live crowds. They were actively seeking updates and timeframes uh, on this manner. Fox, they wanted their billion-dollar investment to be in the same level as MLB and NBA. Now, WWE will be doing a 25-city tour this summer. It's going to begin July 16th at Houston, Texas for SmackDown. And the tour is expected to run through Labor Day. I think this is fantastic news. And, you know, if this had to do with, um, if this had to do with Fox putting the heat on them for doing this, then so be it. Good move by Fox. I could definitely understand it. Uh, they spent so much money for WWE. Yeah. You know, you, you might as well treat it like a major sport. And I'm actually surprised it's taken this long for WWE. Like, listen, I'm all for vaccines. I'm all for masks. I treated this virus very seriously. I barely left my home. Like, you know, now we, we're, we're coming at the end of this here. And, you know, we, we've seen MLB come back. We've seen NBA come back. We, we've seen football come back to some degree. You know, I, I was actually surprised not to see WWE come back. Hell, AEW came back. Even NXT, they have fans in the audience there. Limited, of course. But, you know, I mean, I guess WWE, they, they spent so much money on the Thunderdome, they wanted to get a bang for their buck for it. You know, when it comes to finances, you, you really can't blame any company. But 
I am personally glad to see them make the comeback, man. I, I think it's desperately needed. I think the fans want it. The wrestlers want it. Vince McMahon, I'm sure, wants it. It's it's great for business. It's it's great for the country. You know, and it gives us some glimmer of hope for us to come back fully. That we, we that we get out of this thing. That 2020 could be put behind us, or along with the coronavirus and everything else that came with it. So I'm pumped. They're saying to um to Labor Day. I I guess I mean that that's a good cushion for them to determine see okay what's going to happen next you know at that point then uh you know we're going into the colder months to flu season so i guess it's a good way for them to analyze see all right what's going on here and also good way to see about with the vaccines do do you need that buffer shot or whatever so we shall see what happens then after that with labor day i i have a feeling we're going to this this is going to be fine We're, we're going to come out of this that you know we're going to see live shows going forward I think that this is WWE taking their precautions right here, saying, all right, we're going to have a limited trial and see how it goes, test and feel. Smart. Smart business. So, I, I, again, I'm excited. This, this is going to be great. And, uh, you know, I don't know about anyone else, but me personally, during this pandemic, not to say I'm no longer a wrestling fan, but, you know, I, I feel like you've heard me rant and rave enough on the show this past year where it, it just the product got stale for me and I, I don't necessarily know if it's a matter of oversaturation or just lack of creativity or just a lack of fan participation but you know it, it all felt off and so i i'm really glad that we're going to get the old wrestling back you know i think the fans it's so important with um such an important component in sports entertainment because you know as a live performer myself you know you do feed off that energy it's just a different dynamic so it's again excited i can't overstate how um how exciting this is another news velveteen dream has been finally released from wwe uh, it seems to be uh, he was part of the latest round of budget cuts, as they're saying that this is uh, budget cuts. Uh, but let's face the facts. I mean, Velveteen Dream has been a headache for WWE for quite some time with, of course, the allegations that came out against him. Uh, you know, whether whether you want to believe it or not, they are pretty damning indeed. But yeah, you know, WWE has, has yet to come out and say, like, hey, we, we found clear-cut evidence even though there uh, there's, there's proof of the DMs. So I, I apparently it was, it was a Velveteen Dream saying that wasn't him, yada, yada, but yeah, it was him. It's all weird. But apparently Velveteen Dream had some behavioral issues too backstage, which is quoted to be the main reason for his departure. Uh, apparently a lot of talent would have felt really uncomfortable around him, that he was unprofessional is a word that's being used quite a bit. But yet, there was talent that they were afraid to bring it up to complain while he was there because apparently Velveteen Dream uh, was tight with some of the higher-ups uh, in WWE there in, in, the, in that locker room. So, of course, politics play a main factor into that. But, you know, I think WWE, they did the right move. I think Velveteen Dream is a PR nightmare at this point. Again, whether you believe the allegations or not, uh, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. There's too much heat on him, and he he's a 
a bad egg on top of it. So what are you going to do with him? The talent don't want him around. The fans don't want him around. Uh, how, how is he going to make money for you? He's not. So at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for your business, and that's that's to let him go. Now, what happens next with Velveteen Dream? Will he go make his rounds in the indies? Listen, I'm not here to tell a businessman what to do, what not to do. I personally wouldn't. I Again, I think it's bad press. But let's be real. You know someone out there is going to take a chance on him. You know they're going to sign him. They, they're going to feel like he's too good of a name. I'm sure he's going to give some sort of a good price because he knows the heat that's on him. How many times have we seen it? How many times have we seen someone that should not be wrestling anymore doing a one-off in the Indies here and there? I, I don't think it's going to be any different. But then it's up to you as a fan whether you're going to go to that show or not to let that promoter know this is not okay. That's for you to decide. But that's all I have for the news. Next, we're going to go to TV Takedown. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, so WWE had a major pay-per-view. Well, I don't want to call it major pay-per-view. They had WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> they can't just call it Backlash. I don't know. I, I, I still can't get over that. I'm just going to call it Backlash because that's how I know it to be, and that's how you know it to be. So let's just call it what we know, what we feel comfortable with, right? Backlash. Now, you obviously know how I feel about the zombies. Was ridiculous, as the some people say, it set the business back thirty years. <laughs> I love how WWE officials they say about blood and guts, at AEW that that set the business back thirty years, but then they do something like this. Okay, <laughs> I have to say though, other than that match, I actually felt like this pay per view wasn't so bad. Yeah, you know, I would give it maybe. A solid maybe B minus, if you will. Maybe a B, if I'm being kind. A few matches stood out for me. You know, we have to talk about Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and Cesaro. Man. If you weren't a Cesaro fan before, I, 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 this has to put you over for him. He did such a damn good job in that match. And Roman Reigns, looking like... The real deal here. Great back and forth action. I I think the finish was fine. You know, with Roman Reigns putting him in the guillotine. Notice there wasn't even a spear in this match. Roman Reigns did not land one at all. He, he did all these moves. It was very physical in this match. A lot of different counters. But no spear. Roman Reigns being with the guillotine. And Cesaro did not tap out. He passed out. I think Cesaro, again, looks strong. Could I have done without the Seth Rollins at the end? Sure. But, you know, I'm not going to completely rule that out. I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. You know, obviously in SmackDown, obviously that's still going on. Cesaro uh, took a major beating at the end from Seth Rollins. That guy could sell, huh? <laughs> I mean, we, we talk about how good Cesaro is in the ring as a performer, as an in-ring performer. I, I don't think we give him credit 
first selling ability, the way how he sold the arm with Seth Rollins. It's gold. Uh, one match that really stole the show in my eyes was Bianca Belair and Bailey. Now, last year, uh, the beginning, around this time, I would say, I wasn't necessarily high on Bailey. I know. I know. But, you know, at that point, I felt like Bailey wasn't necessarily consistent. And I, I don't know if she heard the podcast or not, but, you know, she definitely stepped up her game last year. I, I feel like became like the player of the year for 2020. And she brought that to Bianca Belair uh, in this past match at, at Backlash. I feel like Bailey, whatever she did with her hair, she did a different look. She's looking the part right now as like the, the role model as she uh, calls herself. And Bianca Blair, great win for her. I love how she used the hair to to roll up Bailey for the win. Continues that storyline, obviously. I, I have a feeling we're going to see them hell in a cell, which oh, I am all in for. They have great chemistry together, man. And uh, Bailey, she showed why she was the best in the game of 2020. Yeah, it makes you think, why the hell was she not at WrestleMania? But that's a whole other story. But my match of the night, I have to say, was Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Asuka. Triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. I thought it was awesome. It was a great opening match. Uh, All three women in there, they shined. They looked strong. I enjoyed the action. And I was actually surprised to see Rhea Ripley win. I, I, I had a feeling that, you know, maybe Charlotte would sneak in her, what, what would be, her 15th, uh, 14th, excuse me, 14th championship. She's going to be her father's record. Let, let's be real. I know a lot of people hate Charlotte, but, you know, if someone's going to do it, and someone will beat Ric Flair's record, it might as well be Charlotte. And you can't hate. She's so damn good. She's the total package, if you will. But, you know, great win for Rhea Ripley. Now I'm curious, what's next? Who who does she go to next? You know, Raw is pretty slim picking as far as for the the win roster goes. It's it's either Charlotte or Asuka. Looks like it's going to be Asuka. But there's no one really else. I mean, you have Alexa Bliss doing her thing. We don't really know what that is yet. And then uh, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, apparently still a tag team. I don't know. You know, it's just... WWE, they have a, a lot of great women wrestlers on their roster there. It, it's just this this whole splitting of the brands. I know Putty's a fan of it. I'm not. I'm not. Because I, I feel like you just get the same old crap over and over and over again. And not to say that... I hate to say the word crap, but it's the same matches. It's the same matches, same storylines. It gets stale. It gets old. Switch it up. You know, if you combine both rosters and have NXT involved here and there, I'm game. There's a whole lot you can do with that. I think Mandy Rose is someone to keep an eye on, too. That, 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 was, that could be someone that could eventually step up. But I, I feel like she's not ready yet for that. I, I, we've talked about before about having a mid-card championship for the women. I, I, I think that's becoming glaringly obvious that that's something this division needs. For wrestlers like Mandy Rose, 
for Dana Brooke, for Natalia, for Naomi, for for women that are not constantly in that main event picture to to put more eyes on them. The, the tag team championships aren't doing anything. They're not. Congrats, by the way, to Natty and Tamina Snuka. But can we be real? Does anyone really care? I hardly do, and I, and I love Natalia. I, I think she's fantastic. I always think, you know, when people talk about great wrestlers, she doesn't get enough credit. But going on to TV, uh, a few things stood out for me, and it's not Raw or SmackDown. I'm actually a little disappointed with SmackDown. That, that Fatal 4-Way for the Intercontinental Championship, great action. Great, great action. Blown away by it. Hated the ending. Absolutely hated it. Aleister Black coming in out of nowhere. Does, it, does he have an alliance with Apollo Crews? That wouldn't make sense at all. But comes in, interrupts Big E, gives him his finisher, gives him that big kick, and Apollo Crews wins. Why? If that's if that's a question that WWE wants me to ask, then great. They did their job. But it just really makes zero sense if you think about it. Because they're building Aleister Black to be this to, to be this badass. You know, he had all these vignettes with him for weeks. And then for him to just to be Apollo Cruz's lackey, the Intercontinental Champion. And, and if Apollo Cruz is working for Aleister Black, that makes zero sense either. I don't know. But going on to the positive, I'm going to break it down day by day here. NXT, uh, for me, that match, the steel cage match with Bronson Reed and Gargano. By the way, congratulations to Bronson Reed for becoming a new North American champion. It was a solid match inside that cage. Uh, Gargano, fantastic as always. I really like the finish there with Reed splash from the cage as Gargano is crawling to the door. And then Bronson Reed going back up to the top again for another big splash for the one, two, three. Now, I don't know, man. Are, are you guys sold on Bronson Reed? Because I, I feel like something's missing for me. He's talented. I'll give him that. But I, I'm not necessarily like, yay, Bronson Reed. I, it's not necessarily someone I go like, yes, this is someone I have to see. Maybe it'll change now, now that he's got some gold around his waist. I'm very high on Johnny Gargano on the way. I think it's a fantastic stable. Very entertaining. And they're all all solid workers, all of them. But I guess we'll see what happens with Bronson Reed. I I don't know. He impressed me in this match, but I feel like going back to that consistency, talking about with Bailey. For me, it's not necessarily, he's not always a hit. Sometimes he disappears for me. Maybe it's just because I don't necessarily know his character that well. Does he have a character? I I feel like I've hardly seen it. I want to see more. Give me more Bronson Reed. Let me be emotionally invested into him as a fan. Because I I want to. I want to root for him. Going on to AEW. Solid show all around, by the way. But the one match... That really stood out to me was Serena Deeb and Red Velvet for the NWA Women's Championship. My God, what a match. That, that, my friends, is women's wrestling. It was amazing in-ring action. Loved, loved how Red Velvet was selling the leg. I feel like you don't see a lot of that. I feel like you don't see a lot of people really selling the injury. I mean, 
Yes, yeah, Cesaro did it at um, at Backlash, but it's not consistent all throughout from from all the wrestlers. I feel like it's it's not a thing as much. But man, she was really selling that thing. Uh, again, it's exactly what women's wrestling should be. They got a good time in there. I, I feel like WWE has been slacking a bit as far as giving women the time. And I'm I'm curious, is, is this? A sign of things to come. Like I, I'm noticing more and more. I mean, we talk about Britt Baker being the face of AEW. Thunder Rosa absolutely crushing it. Chris Statlander's back. Is this is this AEW? This women's division that has been criticized so much. Are they stepping up their game? Are they on the rise here? I mean, we've always said, oh AEW, man. If if they had another woman come to that roster, someone someone with a name, oh man, they they could really be something. They haven't. They haven't really signed a woman with a name. They haven't signed Mickey James. They haven't signed uh, Deanna Parazzo. They they haven't signed anyone. They they brought they brought in Thunder Rosa with some sort of agreement with NWA. Thunder Rosa, not necessarily a marquee name, but she is becoming one. I'll tell you that much. I think now a lot more people know who Thunder Rosa is, and as well they should. She is phenomenal, and she, I feel like. It was her presence that actually helped a lot of the women step up their game. Britt Baker, phenomenal. You've heard me speak about her last week. I, I, I think she's the best in the game right now. Jade Cargill, someone to keep an eye on. Great look. Reminds me a little bit of a modern-day China. The Red Velvet. I mean, I, I just spoke glowingly about her, about her selling ability. About her, her moveset. She gets the psychology. Anna Jay was someone to watch out for before she got injured. Yeah, Conti. It, it, it's shaping up to be a solid, solid division. Not necessarily the best yet, but could be. Could be. Keep in mind, AEW is a brand new company. They're a baby. Yeah, they've been around. They're going on to what? Year two? Against WWE has been around forever. AEW is really stepping up its game, man. It's, it's, it's exciting. I'm really excited to see it because, again, it just, we just Flashback to when AEW began. It's like, oh, this women's division sucks. I feel like we don't talk enough about Sheeta. I I don't know if maybe it's we're just exhausted of her, but the fact that she's been AEW Women's Champion for so long. But I feel like Sheeta's not getting enough love either. I mean, she's been the champion for this long for a reason, and she is damn good at what she does. But now, like she, she was probably the best in that women's division at that point in the beginning. Now, I, I think a lot of them have caught up. They, they caught their groove. Maybe it's about being more familiar with each other uh, or, you know, getting used to being on national TV. A lot of them weren't used to being on national TV week in, week out. So there's a lot going on here. And I'm, I'm pumped for it. I'm all for it, man. And I hope to God Britt Baker wins the AEW Women's Championship. My God, that girl deserves it. But on another note, another thing that caught my eye this week that I truly enjoyed, Don Callis. Oh, man, what a promo he cut on Moose. Damn good. Seriously, man, Paul Heyman-like. He cut him up and spit him out. That's right, buddy, your boy Moose. Not a bad job by Moose either. But Don Callis schooled him. <laughs> now that's how a promo is done, guys. You know, speaking for me from experience as a manager, 
I get paid to talk shit all the time for my Satsujin squad. But Don Callis, my God, man, I, I was taking notes. I, I replayed back that a few times. Like, that's how it done. Because, it, okay, let's dissect this a bit. Don Callis was really putting over Moose. He really put him over talking about his size, his athleticism. Even saying that, you know, he might be physically better than his own champion, Kenny Omega. But then cut him right back down to size. Let him know exactly who is the man here. Put over the event, put over the opponent, and put over the guy who he reps. Fucking brilliant. Made it look effortless. And I have to say, it, it's... Kenny Omega. I, and I think he's a, he's a fine champion. I mean, he's, he's got three championship belts around his waist right now. But I feel like... It's, it's kind of like with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. You know, you, yes, you look forward to see what Brock Lesnar does in the ring, but what do you pay to see week in, week out? You want to hear that Paul Heyman promo. You want to hear him say, the reigning, defending champion, Brock Lesnar. You want to hear that. You want to hear Don Callis say, Kenny, my God, Omega. I love it. I love the energy he brings. He, he he really sells Kenny Omega his his status. And then Kenny Omega does his thing in the ring, and you, you're reminded, yeah, yeah, that guy is good. Can Kenny Omega speak? Yeah. Yeah, he can. Is it something I want to pay for? No. I'm paying for Don Callis. Don Callis is is helping put Kenny Omega over, in my opinion. I think he's very important to Kenny Omega's reign as Impact World Heavyweight Champion and AEW World Heavyweight Champion and whatever World Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega's going to win next. The Collector. I'm all for it, man. Give me more managers, baby. Paul Heyman, Don Callis, Mark Schwann. <laughs> but, alright guys, that's all I have for the TV for the week. Now it's time for some go-home thoughts. I have to say, this was tough. Doing a show by myself. Not used to it. Don't like it. Putty, I gave you a lot of credit. You were doing it for almost, what, a year? Maybe a year plus. Doing a solo before I came back on board here. Whew. Good for you, man. You are talented. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, go home thoughts. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm actually going to take on a, another play uh something it's one of my favorite plays of all time closer uh we're going to start rehearsals this coming week so uh, it's something really excited about guys so uh that's something to keep an eye on i'm gonna be plugging that quite a bit and then also how can i forget this tuesday guys be on the lookout for another episode of hollywood's corner where i will be interviewing the Queen Heal herself, Nia Kennedy. Are we talk about the Satsujin squad. Are we talk about Nia's possible retirement and what she wants to do before she hangs it up for good. So keep an eye out for that this Tuesday on YouTube, uh, Shot of Wrestling's page. You can find Shot of Wrestling on all forms of social media, at Shot of Wrestling on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And guys, while we're at it, when you're done listening to the show, rate us. Give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. I, I'm actually very curious. You know, we're wrestling fans. You're wrestling fans. 
I want to make sure that, you know, we're covering the things that you guys want to hear. We're interviewing the people you want to hear from. Let us know. I, I'm, I'm down to take constructive criticism. I, I, I know I'm not the best. I may think I'm the best, but <laughs> knowing and thinking are two different things. So let us know, guys, please. Much love to you guys. I'll see you guys next week, hopefully with Putty. You can check me out at yourfavoriteactor.com. In the meantime, Schwan is out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>